Mitch. Uh oh, Mitch, you. There you go. Try it again. Take two. Take two. Nope. Second Take verse, three. same as the first. <laughs> I like Mitch better this way. Honestly. Yeah. It's like a breath of fresh air. What what fantastic. Can we just fantastic. pick apart Mitch's outfit while he's trying to figure this out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitch is going hunting later. He's going <laughs> hunting for rabbits. Thanksgiving season, hey? <laughs> hey, Mitch. What's I going on here? I don't know what's happening at this point. Pure nice. Pure nice. This is going to be amazing. Oh, uh, whose haircut oh, are we talking you. about here? Me, I assume. Thank you. Can you hear me at this point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit thin, but whatever. It's better than nothing. Yeah, we lost you. Mitch, what is going on, dude? What did you do to your system? This is like uh, zero level shenanigans. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Episode 66. It's all going to hell in a handbasket. Uh oh. (laughs) He pulled the grossy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, welcome uh, back, everybody. Presented by Footy Talks, our friends. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, I missed you guys last week. I know you guys held down the fort, though, but you know I'm mm-hmm. back this week. And we got a lot to talk about on today's episode. Obviously, sure that Josie Altador moment, of course, against CF Montreal once again. That Jonathan Azorio, um, let's call it a tidbit, that interview that he did, which is just <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Did Classic you uh, did you listen to uh, to Dwayne and Kevin's uh, podcast yesterday by any chance? Because uh, Kevin Kevin works with that reporter on on the regular, uh, and he had some he had some real interesting uh, insights into into the whole goings on there. I mean, my first my first inclination was why the hell did they interview him in the first place? I mean, of all the people to ask for that interview, you know, you have a wonderful Oso story where you caught him in a scrum. I believe it was at a, at a Canadian classique game or maybe even a V cup game. What was it last season? And uh, you could hear Montreal cheering and you got like maybe two words in edgewise out of him because he was just shooting death stares at that locker room. Like, you know, it's seen that back up. Yeah. 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 All right, Mitch, yeah, let's so go. Just... Testing. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yes, <laughs> yes, we are back. Yeah. Um, a, so yeah, so it was so it was interesting to me why Oso was the guy that they went to. I mean, he's got his media training, and the first two questions he was on automatic pilot, and it was fine. But then when when she went in for the kill, <laughs> you just you just there was. Uh, there was no, you know, he he was gone. But but I love everything about that video. I mean, I love the inexplicably low lighting. I've never seen BMO look that dark before. Like they didn't even bother turning on the floodlights for for the Oso interview. Uh, everything about it just felt like the, a different stadium. It felt like the Big O, to be completely honest. Uh, you know, two two memeable moments in one game, and and we didn't even get. We didn't. We only got a result. We didn't even get the win. They played. You know, just can't get enough. <laughs> we didn't even win the game. So, so. Uh, what are your thoughts, Mitch? Now that we can hear you. Not sure, Mitch can hear us. Yeah, now I can't hear you guys because my AirPods just exploded. But that's, that's nice. Fun. Nice. Yeah, gotta cool. love it. it. Literally everything in my setup broke within the last like two minutes. What so are you I gonna was, do? 
What was your question? I said, what was your what was your opinion on the uh, on the Oso video? Start there. I mean, I yeah, that was pretty hilarious. I mean, I I loved it. The running away is an all time like. All right, see ya. I'm done. Straight yeah. down the tunnel. Like, yeah. I know the look back too. The look back is hilarious. He's just like just full of beans. It was it was really really good. That uh, yeah. 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 I also I, mean, I also did like that he backed it up and I mean he's in the MLS team of the week and also was you know one of the best performers for Toronto FC in that game against Montreal. So uh, you mm-hmm. know that 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 helps it even better that he went out and you know took that interview and was like no you know and they did they they've done some serious serious damage to Montreal's playoff hopes here. Montreal is now on the outside looking in and we'll talk a little bit about this uh, throughout the show but Mm-hmm. This is a rough week for Montreal, where they have to travel to Hamilton, play on the, the turf of Tim Hortons Field in a very important, you know, Canadian Championship semifinal, and then they've got to go to Red Bull Arena and take on the New York Red Bulls, who are really turning it around right now. And you know, that's that's always a tough place to go play, and also like mm-hmm. that's a must-win game for them because that's a team who's in the playoffs and right now, and they're they need all three from that one, so. That's going to be a tricky week to schedule for Montreal. So the fact that Toronto FC took those two crucial points off of them at the end, like that's damage. That's serious. Did you mention oh, yeah. the Canadian Championship game too? Pardon? Did you mention the Canadian Championship? Yeah, yeah. Game tomorrow, game? tomorrow they go to yeah. Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. I'll be there with uh, with probably a park on because it went from like warm to absolutely horrific outside in like twenty two minutes. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we definitely uh, that that's sort of that's sort of the theme of this episode, boys. I mean, Toronto gets to play spoiler now, you know, uh, and uh, uh, I think they're going to relish it. But but it's interesting that also got the shout for team of the week because if I'm being honest, um, and it's here in the rundown. I mean, we'll talk about Josmer in a second, but up until that free kick, I didn't think TFC looked at all like they were going to come out with anything in that game. Uh, I I thought it was really disjointed. I mean, when you play Michael Bradley as a center back, <laughs> you know we've all been through 2018. So so it just it 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 strikes fear in my heart. And and you know there were a lot of shouts on the socials over the course of the game that this may be the next step for for MB4. You know to commit to being a center back because he can still spray those pla- those passes and, and in a four man backline, he got, he had the opportunity to, to almost, almost play as a regista. Like he was, he was pretty high up on the pitch, but. So is that what happened? It, it, they played Michael yeah. Bradley as a center back. So that was the oh, yeah. first TFC game I missed this year. Um, okay. That was just away. So mm-hmm. talk to me, talk, give me like a, a rundown of what happened that game. It was a god awful mess. It reminded me a lot of uh, of Armis's experiments with playing players out of position. Uh, I don't think Noble had his best showing. I think he looked a bit lost out there. Bradder's positioning was all over the map. I mean, you know, it, it reminded me of 2018, like when when he was ostensibly playing center back, but he would be, you know, in the middle of the park as a number ten sometimes. So so uh, it it just it you know I. The scoreline flattered us. Like being in a position to to get that result at the death flattered this TFC team. And I I don't know. I mean, somebody can come in and say that that that's representative of that they actually were playing well. But but you know the the eye test it just looked like a like a like a mess. It looked like a shambles. You know. And uh, um, 
the first half especially i mean once we got once we got pause in uh uh and now i'm i'm blanking i i hope that he didn't start <laughs> but i do i think we subbed him in uh you know once once we had him on the pitch we looked a bit more organized but but it was still a bit of a mess of all if i'm being honest mitch what are your thoughts there were some there were definitely some positives i mean shaffelberg continues to be uh you know a, a positive for this team he probably should have had a couple of goals um absolutely I, good point again and we'll talk about jaquil a, a little bit more in the next little bit but he had a couple very very nice plays that show you know his ability in that game as well um but yeah you you know we've, we've talked about josie a bit that that was the real game changer i think was that was a as vintage of a josie altador performance as we've seen in what two three years at this point like it wasn't just the goal like he had two or three other chances where um that cross comes in from oso in the corner and he really mm-hmm. should have scored on that maybe you know prime that was, scores that on that header. i did see that highlight that he yeah. definitely should have yeah for, for sure but like he still got into that position there's another shot that you know he, he turns around and again forces a nice save on a pantomist so like he looked lively and up for it in a way that we mm-hmm. haven't seen in a long time and um, have we gone through the Martin Bailey stats on this yet? Because they definitely are worth. Uh, no, they're great. We we haven't. I don't actually have them up. So so good, I, good right. on you for bringing them up. Let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the the big one is that Altidore has now scored more ninety plus minute goals than any other Toronto FC player in their history. Leading Amazing. Seba, who has six, and Tosant Ricketts with five. Good for Toss, honestly. <laughs> he was. He well, was well I mean, that was, those were the only minutes he ever got, right? So that, <laughs> that's like, true. Yeah, is... <laughs> but he sure he sure made them count. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Game yeah. winners from from Tosant Ricketts, but uh, mm-hmm. he's also now scored more MLS goals with eleven against CF Montreal than any other Red has scored against any other club. Um, which again, like, we'll see. Like, I mean, we've had this conversation like five times, if not more. This season of this show already but if this mm-hmm. is the swan song for Josie Altidore like a, a lot of the moments a, a, again other than maybe that MLS Cup like the moments you'll remember from Josie Altidore are all against Montreal and like that's what you want from your marquee player that like when you're playing that big rival he's the guy who shows up and and you know again he he might have just put the nail in the coffin of, the, of their playoff hopes in a season where Toronto FC were had no business doing that <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, what's cool, the yeah. what's the solution, boys? We invest in a cryogenic freezing device and we keep him on ice just for V Cup and 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 uh, Canadian <laughs> Classic games. You know what I mean? As long as he's willing to accept a slight pay cut, you know, like pay him what uh, what we're paying some of the other boys think, in the squad. Holy crap! But uh, yeah, I think Jeff. Let's let's not even go down the road because I think all of us here we we know what Josie Altador is at this point in his career. I think we all agree mm-hmm. what the next step should be for Josie Altador. But I think sure. in, in that, that moment, I think let's appreciate it because all of us were, were calling for it, you know, us oh, to yeah. find a way to upset CF Montreal, and we did. Um, oh, yeah. But let me ask you guys something since I missed the game. If Altador doesn't score that 94th minute free kick, what would be your takeaways from that match? What would, you, what would be your impression of it, Mitch? I mean, I th- I think it was an okay, still pretty solid performance from Toronto FC. They had some they had some good chances. Again, it's it's what it kind of has been for the last little bit. Where there's some there's some good things that are coming out of it, but as a whole, the team still, you know, it it just looks a little disjointed. Not up to not up to you know the the form you'd expect. It's what you'd expect from a team at this point. That's that's 
running out the clock, I guess, on the season a little bit. They got up for it more certainly than they did for Wednesday's game, but um, and probably a bunch of recent games. But it's still, I mean, yeah, it's it still looked like a, a team kind of running out the clock of the season who was able to, you know, have have one moment of magic that you know got them that crucial point. I agree. I agree. And and, and crucial, the funny thing is, by crucial point, I mean like crucial point to disrupt Montreal. Obviously, not really a crucial point for Toronto. <laughs> oh, we 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 understood you. A crucial yeah. crucial point. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd I'd agree with you wholeheartedly. But the the thing that I thought was really interesting is is I knew that free kick was going in. I mean, it's easy to say after the fact, but when they set up, I was like, this is going in. This is absolutely going you in. Saw that I haven't. Wall. I haven't been that confident about a TFC set play in a very, very long time. But I was like, that, that was their first in. direct free kick this season, if I'm not mistaken. That well, then that explains it. <laughs> that was the first one this season that has, wow. has gone right into the net from a direct free kick. Um, oh, not their their only direct free kick. I was going to challenge you on that, but yeah, no that 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 might have been the only one to go in right off a direct free kick. You may be right. Yeah. 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 It just there, there, there was a destiny to it, um, and and if you if you listen to the to the playback, the TSN playback, I think that that uh, that that general cons- that was the general consensus. Like if you listen to the call, it was it, it, it felt it felt it felt like a like destiny. I mean, that's the thing about about Josmer, you know, like he's gifted us with so many memeable moments over the course of his career at TFC and, and, you know, scoring the clutch goal is one thing, but then that look to the bench afterwards, I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing. Like he knows what he's doing, right? Like, uh, uh, you know, even, even last year, which was a horrible season for him, that goal against, uh, against uh, club club to foot again, you know, the quiet now, everybody, everybody quiet now, another, unstoppable moment that will that will live forever in the in amongst the tfc faithful so yeah all in all a good result a needed result after whatever the hell that was with uh with inter miami so so yeah so let me let me let's go a step further here there's i think four games left in toronto fc season is there a way that josie altador somehow some way salvages his place on TFC's roster next season with the, the the last four games plus Voyager's Cup, is there a way that happens, or has his is he already you know run his course? Match, not at that price tag. I mean, exactly. I think, I think you know at, at this point, it's the old like fool me once, <laughs> shame on you or whatever. Yeah, like he's the the issue is just this has been too many seasons of this, right? Like, there's 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 always this argument. This is especially a hockey thing, right? Cause we know hockey players penchant for playing through injuries, but mm-hmm. there's a point when you're like, do you take 40% of Steven Stamkos over like a hundred percent of like your replacement fourth line player. Right. And at, at some point it becomes diminishing returns and it's not mm-hmm. with, with Josie Altador. It's like, do you take maybe a striker who might not deliver as many big moments when he's on the field, but one who's available for you for 30 plus games a season. And, I think you always do just because, you know, at, at that point, you, you know what you're getting. You can build up consistency. And that's been a big issue for this Toronto FC team over the years. Even if you want to go back to when they were good in 2019, right? Like that MLS Cup run was so disrupted by the fact that they didn't have Josie Elster. They didn't have that target man available. If he's available in that final. They win that game. They win that yep. game easily. 
mm-hmm. uh, because they just the only thing they're missing in that game. We've we've talked about it for years since is that one guy who could finish all those incredible chances they're creating. So at this point, unfortunately, you know he could, he could go there. He could put up a hat trick against Pacific and another one in the final. Like at this point, you just have to be realistic with with where Josie is and where the club is going. And you know, I I think he has to he has to leave. Unfortunately, and it is unfortunate because. As we've said, so many amazing moments, and we'll remember those forever. But you have to, at at some point, you know, memories have to become memories. Let me let, let me add hmm. another twist here, and this is our next topic, I guess. What if Sebastian Javanko is returning to Beemo <laughs> Field? Yeah. Okay. Let because I've got I've got too many thoughts. I'm going to explode. Does that move the needle at all? Does that change anything? What happens there? Well, okay, I've said it a million times. I don't expect Josie to be the guy that says it's over, right? He's a professional athlete. He's been for his entire adult life, most of his adolescent life. This is not a guy that I expect, and this is not a knock on Josie. He's going to play until he falls apart, right? So can we get him on a Spezza special? You know, as says the guy that uh, that uh, just watched all six episodes of the All or Nothing Maple hey. Leaves. Um, because, I, I really you know, like the is, last episode of that, by the way. Is he? I've only seen episode five, uh, up to up to five. So, so you caught me in a lie. Uh, does the whole world blow up in episode six? Anyway, uh, uh, can we get him on a Spezza on a Spezza deal? Is he willing to come in on a Spezza deal? So you know, he goes from being the top number nine to 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 a a role player. Um, you know, can Seba ostensibly convince him for, of that? Do they become the the mentors of the group? You know, the the. Um, the, the older statesman on the team, is there room in the budget for that? Is Josie willing to do that? These are all, so these are all questions that I have. Mm-hmm. Let's say TFC decide to go down the route and they buy Josie Altador out. Mm-hmm. Okay. You give him that money. You get one free buyout in the off season that doesn't count against your budget. You give him that money and then you sign him to a cheap contract. So hypothetically, he still gets that that money that he's looking for, mm-hmm. but then he also gets another additional like eighty k on top of that. But he only counts against eighty k against the cap. That can I be mean, some if manipulation that you do, and you know, I think the player wants. I agree. I think. I mean, we'd look. We'd have to look at Bradley's deal, although he didn't have years left on his contract, as like mm-hmm. Josie does. So it's a different a different structure. Um, I mean like I think Josie wants to retire here. I, I think the general fan base would love him to retire here. Um, But you know, Mitch is the voice of reason, right? We're not getting our money's worth with Josie and to circle back. If he rounds into form now with four games left in the season, it's a sick cosmic joke, right? Because then there's two months of off season where he's got a round into form again, right? This is not the time for Josmer to, to gear down. Um, and he may, because that's, you know, the chaos that we're dealing with at, at present, but, uh, it, you know, we've got the po- we've got the pockets deep enough to do it. It's just a matter of, of exhaustion, right? Are we going, are we rolling the dice on, on, on Avi again? Or are we bringing in another big money coach? If so, everything gets pushed aside because we're going to want that guy to have his, his flag and footprint all over this organization for better or worse. Right. If, if we're rolling it back on Javi again, um, then the temptation, you know, how much 
influence is he going to get for 2022, right? If we're just stacking his roster with, with mentors and, 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 uh, you know, the Sebas and the Josies, he's, he's going to be a passenger in his first official season in charge. Right. And, and that may not be a bad thing. Um, but I do think everything starts with the decision they make on who's the gaffer next year. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, Graham is saying, Mike, it's a beautiful thought, but we need to move on. We can't keep living in 2017. We need to get younger. If they bring Seba back, you have Josie Bradley, Seba Paws, and Ozo in 22 in their 30s, maybe even Mavinga too. If, the, I think if those guys are on minimum deals, you take those guys 10 times out of 10. It's just I agree. the issue with Josie Altador is that, you know, his price tag, right? Is insane and They're, has yeah. been for two years. Yeah. And the fact he threw Ozo into that mix, that's some slander, man. Yeah, <laughs> I was waiting. Yeah. I was yeah. waiting. I'll pause, too, to be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Bradley's contract, yeah. It, it's not It's not great at this point. You know? And it's crazy Josie. to think that he could have yeah. been – he could have probably warranted another designated player contract at the time that he signed that contract. Because all oh, we are talking all remember, about Bradley. Bradley okay. He took a discount. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and now it's, it's crazy that that's kind of become a, a little bit of a burden um pause is an interesting shout because he has one more year left on his deal after this one and it's going to become another question like do you do you resign alejandro pozuelo yeah Um, yeah well like you said a bunch of weeks ago it's the first six months you know we need to see how he comes out in 2022 we may lose him on a free we may lose him on a free but you know it's it's about seeing if he can bounce back from what's been an injury plagued season uh, without committing to anything with the player. So it's going to be an interesting first six months. Um, and like I said, you know, we may miss the boat on pause, but, but, you know, like I was saying with Mitch last week, Mitch and James, I prefer us to be a bit brutal than to keep doling out, you know, cause since 2017, it's been a whole lot of overambition, <clears throat> agar Keche, Gregory Vanderveel, uh, uh, contract, you know, weirdo weirdo dropping players raheem the dream steven Badeshore. um it, you know there's been ambition and there's been you know overspending in places that i don't like we're starting we're starting to, to shed ourselves of those of those weirdo contracts but we're also still giving them away i mean well i'm i assume this conversation will eventually get to the to the salaries that were released so i don't want to i don't want to open the that box too early but you know i want to see the team be a bit more brutal this off season with respect to, to dead weight. And if that, you know, that might mean that my boy Patrick Mullins isn't back here next year, but he hasn't <laughs> scored that. Well, that, dude, he hasn't scored nice. a goal. He hasn't scored a goal all season, right? Like yeah. this is, you know, shots I, on target. as much but, as I like the guy, the like way, that's that. Yeah. That miss against Montreal was, was brutal. obscene. It was, it was brutal. brutal. He had another one against Montreal. There was one against oh, yeah. Miami. Yeah. 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 He had two, just two on a plate that like, he, yeah, he needs to score both of those. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. you know, it, it's a catch 22 because if the excuse is, well, he needs his reps. Well, he's a, he's a backup striker, right? You don't, you're not going to get those reps. Right. So get us somebody like toss yeah. that get, that gets those goals, getting the garbage minutes. Pardon. I think everyone knows Patrick Mellons is not worth his price tag. <laughs> Um, yeah, just quickly yeah. before we move on here, just I want to address this. I don't. I think what you're describing goes against MLS rules. Otherwise, why not do that with all your DPS? Um, I don't believe that it is because you only have one off-season buyout each season that you're allowed to use. Yeah, and they're buying. They're buying out that contract. It doesn't matter what the name is on the top of the contract. They can and the designated yeah. player would have to 
take that pay cut and re-sign with your team. Be willing to do that. Hypothetically, if you're a DP and you're worth that DP tag, then you can just go get another DP contract, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to take that pay cut. So I don't think that's against MLS rules. And if Josie Altador sees his good friend Sebastian Jovinko deciding to, you know, come around, join TFC, maybe he's going to be a bit more inclined to, you know, take that that payday and then rejoin on, on a cheaper deal to help out, I guess, the better of the club and have a good time there with Seba. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I if see. you're looking, if you're looking at available money, right? Like, you know, you you get rid of Dwyer, Mullins, Gallardo, couple other. Dwyer's not uh, going anywhere. Dwyer has, Dwyer's getting paid the league minimum. That's not. That's not. Eight, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just. That's, I'm that's the not math in the needle at all. Oh well, the, I mean, 80k is certainly. I wouldn't. I wouldn't shy away from 80k, but Fair, I'm not done. Like, <laughs> Um, so, I mean, let's just say Gallardo, uh, Deleon, Mullins, uh, let, let's say those three, you're, you're talking about the better part of a million dollars, right? Yeah. Um, you didn't even mention Omar Gonzalez, who's the, oh yeah, who's, who's, on. yeah, who's, oh, who's at just hovering around a mil, a mil five, right? Like that gives us Besides a lot money. of money anyways, to play with. Yeah. I, yeah. T- I told Mitch, we're going to go through the entire roster before this show and decide who mm-hmm. should stay and who should go. That's and amazing. I like that idea. For a later show, and now twenty minutes in, we're just, that's all. We've <laughs> because our rundown is like five sentences, so so yeah. we're just we're just and, and Mitch's Mitch's mic didn't work, so I'm afraid to talk to him because I don't want to. <laughs> segway us. Segway yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. yeah segway us, Mitch. One thing I did want to say on the Josie Altidore thing is like, there's also the pride aspect you have to think about as well. Like, it is it is a little different. Like, I know. Michael Bradley has been, you know, everyone, everyone gives him so much credit for what he did in terms of, you know, leaving his DP contract and and taking it to a TAM contract and being willing to do that for the good of the club. But again, his contract was expired. There's a little bit different when like you get your old contract ripped up because, you know, yeah like the the implication there is that you don't deserve that money and that that, mm-hmm. your, your, that contract is a burden to the team and then they come back and they're like all right we paid you that money now you, you want to come back with us like that's we know Josie Altidore has a lot of pride we know he he believes he deserves that money which he probably does like in, for what he's done in the past if that makes sense um like like you listen think, if he's gonna if he's gonna be on three six yeah if he's gonna hunker down on three six and Seba comes back on a hometown discount you know, I rue the stories that'll be written about the ego, right? Like, I, I you know, gave him that money. They yeah. gave him that money. So, like, the like, you can't like, you can't begrudge a guy for for taking the money, and you can't begrudge a guy for wanting to stick it out and keep that money. Like, I know, I know, guys at the end of their, at a lot of guys at the end of their careers say they wish they'd left the, more money on the table and like been able to win more. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, he got paid that money. Like, you can't begrudge him wanting to. Keep not at all not at all there's no there's no way tfc gets out of this without a buyout either saying goodbye to him or re-signing him there's no way tfc gets out of this without paying the man his due let's not forget the club did not exactly treat him great the first part of the season and we don't know exactly what went on but they literally like put him in exodus at this point if i'm josie altador i'm taking every cent i can get from Toronto. i mean i have a i have a theory on that I, my my yeah. theory on that is that is that they they had offers they were much lower than they expected they were going to get so they bet on on the horse and then when Armis and him had their had their handbags they they aired on the side of Armis because at that point he I, I mean I I just I think there were a lot of snap decisions made 
where they, you know, they suddenly went from this is what we want for Josie to, you know, fire sale Josie. And 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 that affects a person's uh, emotional state. So it, it almost doubled down Josie's desire to get what he has coming to him. And and we would I wouldn't fault him for that. You know, you sign a deal in good faith. You finish the deal in good faith. That's how that's how the world works. Um, so but yeah. Like I agree. I like Josie Altador is entitled to each dollar that he has signed. I think he's going to get each dollar that he's signed. But I think for as we all agree, for TFC to kind of move forward and with his best best foot forward, the best way to move forward is by buying out Josie Altador. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. whether he regardless of anything, yeah, that's you know that that's up to him. But I think we can all agree. I think Josie Altador knows it. I, I think everybody knows it at this point that he has not lived up to that contract. So if he's going to get his ego hurt because they decide to buy him out of the final year of his contract because, well, TFC sucked this year, mm-hmm. and a lot of that falls on his shoulders, then at that point you just have to you have to bite the bullet there with him and, you and do. take that hit. If he's going to do you it, do. Then, you know, you do. Upset about you, ab- it, you absolutely do. And and you no know, no one player is above the club as we've all agreed on. I think Mitch, you, you, you know this too. Like, I'm not saying that you're you're not like mm-hmm. you don't know this, but. I th- I hear your point. I just don't think that that should influence anyone's decision whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, trying to account for Josie's outburst is a fool's errand, right? Like because he'll either have him or he won't. You know, the, I mean, I mean, making business decisions based on on the emotional responses of the person at the other end of the table is never a good idea, right? Logic should always prevail. You should take it into account, obviously, but you you can't control it. So don't you know? Don't lose any sleep over it. Um. But yeah, I mean, I Matt Matt's still on this thing where he's saying, you know, if you buy him out and give him the full year pay, then re-sign him for league minimum. I think Matt, you're getting stuck on the fact that it's the same person, but I don't think that matters in 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 the cold light of MLS rules, right? Like if you were to buy out Josie and then sign uh, Nosy, you know, or whatever the case may be, uh, uh, you know, that it would fall into rules. Also, MLS rules are stupid, and Inter Miami has broken them for the past three years, so. You know, it may be time for us to start playing fast and loose with 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 rules. We can always say it's some Canadian thing. I mean, I don't understand why MLS that. don't use that more often and just say you wouldn't understand it's Canadian tax law and then just whoosh, zoom out of there before anybody gets a word in edgewise. Alex has an unpopular opinion there. Mm, let's the go, Alex. Altar would be with better management would be more productive. I, I, that, that to me is, I mean, what's better management? I, guys that coddle him. I guess not exiling him. Yeah. Well, exile, again, exiling him, I think, was knee jerk. This whole season has been just nutty, and there have been some really suspect uh, decisions by the front office, you know? Um, Exiling him as a sort of last resort in a way to shop him that they hadn't done previously blew up in their faces. Um, Altidore with better management would still be injured all the time, Matt says. Uh, and That's I what agree. I was just about to say. To yeah. like, I don't think the issue has necessarily been how they've been lining him up. It's yeah. more so that they haven't been able to line him up. Yep. I mean, that's so eloquently expressed. I don't I don't think we need to say any more on, on that issue. All right, Mick, segue us. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, well, I guess we can look to the future of the club a little bit. We got a little bit of display on on that with 17 year old Jaquil Masharuti getting his first two MLS starts. And, you know, I mean, 
I think we finally caught a glimpse of, of what this kid is about. It was much more confident. It was much more direct. I mean, against Miami, that was probably the only positive was, was how well he played. He's still not 90 minutes fit, which no. is something that they need to work on, obviously, because, you know, you need your players to, to be 90 minutes fit at this point. But one would assume, I, yes, I mean, to be fair with considering how little he's played this season in any capacity between Toronto FC2 and Toronto FC. That's not that, that surprising that, uh, you know, he's not, he's not up to that Fair. standard yet, but I liked what we saw. We saw some, some glimpses of real quality. Again, I was talking about that play against Montreal where he steps over the ball simply so he can get it onto his other foot and deliver across. Like those are veteran plays right there. And that's, that's what we've always talked about with Jaquil is those simple plays that he does so well that, you know, put him a step above all of the players, his age and, now we're starting to see it against, you know, professionals at, at the full level. So honestly, I think at this point, if he's up for it, you you start him every game the rest of the season because why not? Yeah, I think we're starting to see what a, a run of games can do firsthand for a young player, mm-hmm. right? This is why we're, we're talking about playing the kids so often is because you, you gain that confidence. You gain yep. that game experience. You know when you can take an extra touch. You know when you have to get rid of it quicker. This all comes from from being thrown out into a game. You can only learn mm-hmm. so much from training. And it's so important that we get our young up-and-coming stars, you know, Jaquil, Jaden. Obviously, they were doing a great job of it with Ralph before he went down injured. Mm-hmm. Noble, all of these guys, they, they need reps. Yep. And there's no reason why at this point in the season they should not be getting reps. There's zero argument for it that they should not be getting reps. Um, I'm with you, Mitch. I think Jack should start every game the rest of the way if he is up for it. I think, as you point out, with each game that goes by, he's gaining confidence and he looks better and better. He's Mm -hmm. never going to be the player. I know a lot of people are calling for it. I see it all the time on social media. He is never going to be the player that just beats people on the dribble 1v1. That's not who he is. He's the type of player, mm-hmm. if you watch the European game, if you watch you know any of the high-level games, they play with as a team. They play you know in unison. They're not, there's never one, typically, there's never one game-breaker that dribble, dribbles through two, three, four players. It's all a team game, and he plays that so well. So if you can actually get him at a higher level, I think you're going to see him perform even better because I, I just think he is that good in terms of understanding the game and, and knowing what to do and when. There's little things that he does, as you mentioned there, Mitch, that step over. There's just little things in each game that I've seen that he does so well that if he's playing at a higher level, that's when you're going to appreciate it a little bit more. MLS is a little bit looser of a mm-hmm. game where it does allow for a lot of that that dy- dynamic 1v1 kind of pl- type of players to, to really, um, what do you call it, really highlight yeah, themselves. Yeah, for Soteldo though, yeah. <laughs> exactly it, like it look, it calls for a lot of those types of players to really come out and, sh- and they become the stars but the reality is like when you move on to to higher levels and there's not enough space on the field it's players like Jaquil that are really gonna, yeah you know stand out so I, I really like what I see from him so far especially at his age and I'm excited to see the future with this kid mm-hmm. now do you think we're hurting his development by making him uh give getting him the muscle memory of patterns and building chemistry with guys that won't be here next year? Or do you think that 
No, because well, that, that's you part progress. of being a pro. That's a massive okay. part of being a pro is being able to play with whoever is around you. Like that's okay. That's, that's huge. That's huge for that. Like you don't. Yeah. I mean, that's, we we've we've set all three of us have said the counter so many times this year. Well, just wait until we get you know Yef on the field with this guy or that guy, or wait until you know Mullins has this strike partner or that strike partner. I've always felt we never said the, anything the, about Mullins. <laughs> no, I'm using him as an example because I didn't want to just just blast Yef, but uh, uh, you know I'm of the mind that that what you just said is much more applicable, right? But but it just it's just a testament to how nuts this season is that we've heard the counter so often as a as a as an excuse that that I'm even now asking questions just to clarify where the well, hell we are. You know, uh, uh, I tweeted it, this out. There's only mm-hmm. been five times this season. That TFC had all had all three designated players on the pitch at the same time. Five times this season that has happened. We're now at game like thirty-six yep, in the yep. year. When you're in a league like MLS, which really relies on your designated players, that's that's not a good thing. And especially when no. one of your players is no offense to him, but Josie Altador, man. Like yeah. that's that's not a not a a recipe for success. And that's that's been the biggest issue with TFC so far this year. The yep. bad and, and the defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the defense has been woeful. Graham asked a, <laughs> a, an interesting question here, and it's one we danced around a lot, and I don't know if we have the answer. Is TFC's training staff that inept where we've seen players consistently injured this season more than others? Or do you think it's just the pains of 2020 and 2021 being away from home? I can't see TFC management keeping this staff for as long as they were that bad at keeping our players healthy i mean mike uh, maybe a couple months ago you were saying that we've got uh we've got bias a homer bias but all throughout the league the injuries have been up because of the fixture congestion etc 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 i mean that'd be my first answer to graham's question is that well you need to view it in the context of the rest of the league right but also jeff like we talked about the show about two months ago about how good of a job Mm -hmm. tfc did for so long about keeping their players healthy Right, sure. the injury in the injury report for a good two two and a half months was like three players long. Mm-hmm. Right, and you, you, all Ayo <laughs> yeah. you can't do anything about. Like that's yep. just yep. That's not with the team. It's a freak injury. Um, yep. Ralph Preso Preso, was, I mean, we all saw was, it happen there. Yeah, exactly, like, what are you exactly. There, right. So yep. like, yep. it's at this point of the season too. Like they're not going to push anybody. Like if someone says they have a knock then like you take the most abundance of caution. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. Like there's no risking anything like that. So like, it's a combination of of a bunch of different things. And, you know, we, we talked about this new sports science department coming in and and the new, whatever it was like the new medical staff coming in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And at the beginning of the season, we, we know the rough start that they got off to, but that being said, like, in my opinion, I don't think they've done a horrendous job. And I think it's easy to kind of run away with that narrative just based on who exactly is injured. Um, mm-hmm. Especially when we just talk about how many times we've seen the DPs on the field together mm-hmm. this season, but there's and a lot of factors. Also, that that, right? Yeah. And I think a factor that we're ignoring is, is that when you do change regimes, um, generally speaking, especially if, if the impression is, is that the outgoing regime failed, the new regime comes in and does the complete opposite. Right. So you can get injuries that way, right? Because you're now, you're now undoing what you know is assumed was a bad training regimen. So you know there can be a lot of soft. I just think that the temptation to keep, you know, scorched earth policy um, is maybe not the 
greatest of ideas. And then, of course, you you know, who knows how long these these contracts were signed for? I mean, did these did these guys come in on a one year deal or they come in on a three year deal? And in such cases as then, you know, you've got to buy out the whole medical staff while you're buying out Josie. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anybody else does. So so to to dumb it down to like injure bad staff go, I think is 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 it's it's not giving enough credence to to you know the the goings on of the work and again i don't know if if a if a full regime change is what we want to do i don't know and if we want mm-hmm, I, go ahead mike another thing is we haven't been allowed at training like media mm-hmm. has not been allowed to go to tfc training so it's it's yeah. not like we can actually sit here and have a insightful discussion about what goes on at, tra- at training because the reality is nobody knows because we haven't been yeah. allowed back yeah so yeah, yeah. It's tough. It's tough to sit here and speculate. And as you say, like it's easy to kind of come up with that narrative of, oh, you see injuries, therefore training. I do staff, it myself. I, I did it myself for two years. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, that's, that's it, it's it. Yeah. yeah, it's too easy. And when something and when something is too easy, that means that you're probably not looking at it in great enough detail, right? And the answer might be really disappointing. Like, well, you know, we we hired these guys on a deep discount for three years, and and therefore, you know, we we're, we're stuck for three years. Like that might. That might be the reality of it. And, and uh, you know, it's unfortunate. But I also think that the temptation to to throw the baby out with the bathwater, especially with this club coming off these two years, is strong. And, you know, we were saying I was saying to, to Molinaro last week, it's insane to me that, you know, having lived through Chris Armis's tenure, that we're so quick to want to do it all over again. Right. Like, you know, it it, it it's it. it we're obsessed with the new and the shiny. And I think that that explains this, this reluctance to embrace, you know, the potential of Seba coming back for a victory lap that, you know, that's why people are like, you know, Josie, Josie done, right? Like I haven't screamed at the T I I haven't been that happy at a TFC game in a very long time than, than when Josie potted that, that at the end, right? Like that was vintage, like just eat it, eat it fellas TFC. Right. And, and, and I do not, you know, and I was thinking about this after the game, right? Like how shitty it would be to say goodbye to Josie, even if he goes and slums it in 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 Asia for a year to diminishing return Seba style. I mean, that's the other thing we have to take into account. There's now an example from that t- 2017 team. There's two, actually. There's Victor and there's Seba of people that went and chased the money, found it lacking, and then came back, right? You know, Victor to, to MLS, Seba, you know, we'll see. But, but um that has to that has to play on on Josie's uh, uh you know he it's not it's not the great white unknown anymore it's not the great unknown anymore sorry sorry to throw a color into there it's no longer the great unknown there's there's precedent for players of his age group chasing that i mean at the end of the day they got paid so <laughs> but also he's about to so you know maybe maybe there's more credence to your idea of Josmer coming back for a victory lap at a reduced Toronto rate than we then we're giving then we're giving your service to. We'll see. I have an, an interesting nice. Seba story. Um, nice. So I was I head to the game last weekend. Um, I believe it was against Atlanta United. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm going through the media entrance and at BMO Field. If for those of you who don't know, it's like the Tunnel Club as as our post game Twitter spaces is called. You know, we're, I'm going through the tunnel. And I'm waiting for the elevator. And right across from me, right in front of me, walks, of course, Sebastian Javinko. And mm. 
let me tell you, this guy looked more at home than ever. He I mean, looked like he he owned the place. Like he was walking around like like he it was his dressing room. Um, I know that the players have all, you know, as I think we've all seen it, the players are interacting with him and, mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. like that. Like this guy had a, he had a glow on his face. I'm telling you that much. So if yeah. the rumors are true, if, if as the report that it said today, you know, it's a done deal. Like I wouldn't be surprised because it looked like this guy really wanted to be back here and yeah, yeah. And we'll see, we'll see how this, this plays out. But I, if I had to guess, if I had to bet, I, I would say that he's definitely back here next season. Yeah, and it's I, gonna be I, such a, it's gonna be such an interesting dichotomy, I guess, because there's just the two the two opposing fan bases, and we brought up these two points on today's show. I mean, there's the half of the fan base that believes the issue with Toronto FC since 2017 is they've hung on too long, and we've talked about Joey mm-hmm. Altidore, Michael Bradley, and a, a numerous list of players that we feel they've probably hung on to for for too long or or given too much leeway. So bringing back Sebastian Javinko certainly doesn't do that (laughs) those guys yeah yeah there's another element of the of the fan base that believes that everything went wrong when toronto fc decided Mm -hmm. to get rid of josie altador and not reward josie or sorry sebastian uh, Javinko. yeah yeah Yeah. and not reward sebastian Javinko for all the all the work that he did for this club so yeah it's gonna be very interesting to see uh both of those sides of the fan base come against each other but i actually do think based on what i've I've heard, and like Mike has always mentioned, with the the more casual Toronto FC fans, I think more people fall into that second category where they they do feel like Toronto FC did Seba a little bit dirty in in after the 2018 season, even even with the way things happened and the way he very publicly tried to negotiate with the club and that you know all the all the the permutations that happened out of that. But with that being said. Yeah, I think most people will be happy to see Sebastian Javinko back should, you know, should these reports be true. Winning MLS Cup was the epochal culmination of our presence on the field. The shenanigans with Seba was the culmination of our shenanigans with the front office, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, 2018 was the victory lap. Let's let's give Zav's 300K. Let's get, you know, forget about Stephen Betashore. This guy played in a World Cup final kind of kind of BS. You know, Seba negotiating publicly like Seba doesn't Seba doesn't do that in Turin. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't do that if he's still at U, at Juve. Right. But he saw an opportunity to sort of stretch the envelope with TFC, which was an error um, and the elastic snap back. And so it was really like a like a like a like a dominoes falling, you know, and, and Seba has to have some accountability for what he did to our club with respect to the you know, where we went afterwards. Um, and and I think that this is mutually beneficial for both the club and the player to sort of exercise those demons and 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 mm-hmm. reset our ambition um, in a, in a really profound way because Seba's a talisman for this club, and uh, I do think that there's a lot of there's a lot of bad vibes that that having him back in any capacity is going to is going to fix. But Jeff, like mm-hmm. MLS Cup final 2019, second in the Supporter Shield race 2020. I know this year has been really bad, but yeah. I don't want to talk about the post Seba era like it's just a complete disaster because that's not. No, the it case. isn't. It isn't. But 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 there's a there was a lot more. You know, it wasn't. 
it didn't, you know, I think we can all agree that 2019 and 2020 didn't feel like 2017. 2017 felt like a foregone conclusion off the back of the loss in 2016, right? Like to a man, that entire team was obsessed with one thing and that was vindication. You know, no, it all got a little, exactly. It all got a little messy after that. And, 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 you know, where and when that was introduced, I'm not putting it all on Seba's head. Like there's a general, that team didn't exhale for two years. Right. And when they got a chance to, and re and value what they were doing, a lot of different attitudes started to, to play into it. You know, Bez leaving was a huge blow. Um, you know, I'll say it before and I'll say it again. If we had cowtail to Seba's demands, I think we'd be in the same situation or possibly worse because we would have established a precedent where we're paying, you know, overseas prices for, for a post 30 guy out of obligation. It was a rock and a hard place situation. I don't, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't think it would have worked. I really don't because then who, what, what's our recruitment about and what, are, what are we doing to the rest of the league? You know, in terms of, in terms of raising the, the scale of, of what a DP is worth, um, you know, Chris Wondolowski would have crawled out of the woodwork saying, well, I want $11 million tax free now. Like, you know, so, so. Uh, I mean, he might have been worth it, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, like in revisionist history, well, absolutely worth it. But, but no, no we, Wando, we, but yeah. yeah, no, I'm saying, I'm saying Wando too. So we, yeah. we, we had to make a decision. I think we made the right one. Um, you know, the Josmer decision, like I've said many times in that context, I would have done it again, regardless of how it, how it shook out. Um, so we get we now get an opportunity to sort of reset, you know, and 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 kind of revisit some of those bad memories and and put them to bed and kind of establish who TFC is in 2022. And I and I like the fact that Seba is potentially a part of that, and I like it even more if Josie's a part of that. But he's got to be coming back on a on a seriously reduced rate that reflects you know how many minutes he's going to get. Um, you know, he's not going to start every game, which is fine because he doesn't anymore. Uh, he's not going to even be on the bench every game, but in terms of what he brings to the locker room, in terms of what he brings to mentorship, you know, he's worth something. Pay him what we pay Dwyer. Sure. He's worth, he's worth Dwyer money for sure. That's, that's league minimum, Jeff. That's like the I know. you can pay. Yeah. But I mean, um, he's 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 been the league minimum in terms of minutes. So you know, let let's have the pay reflect. No, I, I don't disagree. I'm just saying yeah. that that is yeah. like a bare minimum you can pay someone. I know. Uh, Mitch, let's move on. Yeah, absolutely. Keep yeah, let's finish. Let's finish up. I think with a couple of Canadian soccer topics, but nice. One of which you mentioned victory tours there in your your rant there, Jeff, and Canada. The, the women's national team on one right now. Uh, they play again tonight at Stad Zaputo um, against nice. New Zealand after thrashing them in the first game. I mean, that, that was as dominant of a performance as we've seen from this Canadian women's team in a long time, which was a great way to kick off the, the celebration tour. Sure was. Um, with that being said, one of the things I definitely want to talk about with this women's team and, and something that, you know, obviously you wish they didn't have to do, but super proud of this team for doing it is the way they've really used their platform during the celebration mm -hmm. tour to, to call for change and to, to, you know, make sure that the next generation of women's players coming up are in a much safer, much more secure are treated properly in, in a professional setting in the way that, you know, all of these players and, and yep. many others haven't been. And, you know, um, we can call for, for professional leagues and all that kind of thing, but, you know, it starts at the, at the bottom level, this all has to change. And, you know, it's it's 
it's tough on this team because I know they probably want to go out and and just play and and celebrate the incredible accomplishment they did. But they yep. know that this is a unique opportunity for them to, you know, not only change the game for the better in terms of how it's played on the field and how it's in you know the quality of player, but the quality of treatment for those players. And you know, I I'm honestly really proud of of this national team for doing that. And I'm proud at Canada Soccer for responding. Like the turnaround on their response was minutes. You know what I mean? Uh, so, so doubly proud of that. And and if you've read, um, I, demands is, is too strong a word, but if you've read the the plan for the future, it very closely mirrors what's going on in uh, in the states with the uh, with the the sort of level uh, the list of sort of uh, uh, things that need to be changed in the with the NWSL debacle. So it's nice to see some unity across the nations. Um, you know, because, the, you know, the, the the impetus for Toronto, Montreal and, and Vancouver potentially buying into the NSL has dropped like a like a Led Zeppelin over the last couple of years and or the last couple of weeks. And, and rightly so. I mean, that league is in some serious trouble. Um, so it's nice to see their platform being used. I mean, this is this is par for the course with the with the Canadian uh, women's team. They are really outspoken on on social issues. Um, they use their platform for good often. Uh, so this is just another example of that, but I do like what, what they're doing. I mean, uh, you know, our, our friend of the show, uh, uh, Benedict Rhodes was there as a fan for the game. So we got to see a lot of, uh, a little, little phone snips of, uh, what TD place mm-hmm. looked like all doll, all gussied up. There was a certain amount of controversy that, that has been, uh, 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 uh explained away um, with respect to how quiet it was and that there wasn't yeah. really a, 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 a so-called supporter section um, and people were throwing blame everywhere and, and most of it went to the CSA. But but if we're being honest, it was a, a whole lot of miscommunication all over the place and and not a lot of supporter tickets were sold. Um, so the the sections got mixed together and, and, you know, it, you know, as well as I do from people that come into the South end at BMO without, you know, reading the signs that are on their <laughs> tickets or posted outside the gates. What, what's with the flags, put them down. We want to watch the game. And then it becomes, you know, an, an argument. So, uh, it, everyone wanted to be in the spirit of celebration. So I can understand why, you know, they, they, they sort of, uh, 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 said okay fine we're not going to rock the boat we're not going to wave flags and be noisy um the hope is is that montreal what i don't understand is is you know if this was marketing purposes and i've I've seen that answer levied a lot like this is you know this is an exercise to market it well that you know the supporter section is a camera magnet right Mm -hmm. like you know tell me tell me a broadcast that doesn't go full mingo into into the crazy people you know with tarps off like jumping up and down it it is a camera magnet so i do feel like it's a missed opportunity when you get these eyeballs on on these games and there isn't one there because it it, it is something that's specific to the beautiful game and i think it's an essential part of the beautiful game so I, i'd like to see that rectified tonight uh if i had my druthers but obviously i you know I, i'm on the outside soapboxing looking in so just just seeing the just seeing them play is 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 reward enough and and just seeing a packed house is reward enough right yeah i, lost no. you both. <laughs> <laughs> I mean speaking of packed houses if i can yeah. segue my own segue edmonton man yeah nicely done nicely done edmonton uh um you know they are going to go they're going to sell out what Both I'm games. saying too is they're, they're in the middle of a lockdown. Like I think Pardon? Alberta's like in a lockdown. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm not sure. Like, I, I'm not sure. 
Um, uh, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're slowly opening up more sections. So, you know, people people will post on the internet that it's a sellout because there's no tickets available. But what they're missing is, is you know, they have to, the group sales for, for you know, peewee soccer teams, et cetera, et cetera, those are done on, a, on almost a case-by-case basis. So, so Ticketmaster has to keep a huge amount of seats open to sell those group tickets. And then when all is said and done and the, and the window for group sales expires, then they open up what's left. So I think- Do you we'll, know the you capacity? Know, is it full capacity? It's about, yeah. well, that's, that's the thing, right? Like nobody knows because right now they've sold out the blocks of tickets in the areas that have been opened up. Right. But of course they're keeping close to the chest. So people are, are guessing as to what, like they're guessing that the whole upper bowl has kind of been closed off for group sales. So I would imagine right now they've sold rough, like they've definitely beat what BMO was for Panama. You know, we're, they're definitely over 30K for both games without question. And I expected that, get... especially with the noise that the, the national team has made, right? Like, yeah, you're so do I. That work win against Panama, or, and they're in the position that they are, especially with huge matches with against Mexico and Costa Rica coming up. Like, I think anything short of that would have been would have been underwhelming. Edmonton comes out. I mean, I you know, I didn't know about the Grey Cup that they packed. I didn't know about all the Canadian women's games that they packed. But, you know, big games in Commonwealth selling out aren't necessarily as surprising as it was. I mean, the speed at which it sold out was pretty mental. The fact that, you know, so often people are like, well, if they just advertised more, they'd get more butts and seats. Mm -hmm. There was almost no advertising for this. Yeah, they they delayed it. Herdman Herdman was on a hockey night in Canada uh, uh, interstitial, and that was it. Right. Yeah. Like they did. They played an ad at, at the Oilers stadium and he was on a hockey broadcast. This was word of mouth and 50,000 mm-hmm. people. So so it, it really does throw it really does pop that balloon of, you know, we the only reason that the, the national teams aren't aren't packing butts into seats is, is advertising. I mean, that may be true in Toronto where where, you know, there's so much to do. But Edmonton's not like a one horse town either. There's a lot to do. And if they're you know, it, it, it just well. Jeff, there's no, a, what mm-hmm. I said. What I said earlier was, mm-hmm. I believe that that moving forward, you're not going to be able to get access to this team the way that we've had in the past. I agree, mm-hmm. and I think I think this is a combination of a couple of those things. It's, a, yes, Edmonton absolutely comes out. Mm-hmm. B, it's Alfonso Davies' first time playing in Edmonton for the national team, which is cross your be a cross your fingers, moment. cross C, your fingers it's, because it's what yeah. what this men's national team has done and how far it's come is that I believe even when they come back to Toronto, you're not going to be able to get tickets that easy anymore. No, I, 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 I agree. I agree. Yeah. I I think it's wonderful to see, you know, there are people that are going to complain because obviously, but you know, it, it, it's a long time coming and uh, uh, it should be difficult to get tickets to your, to your national teams. I mean, it shouldn't be a cakewalk. Right. Um, You know, so, so, and it's wonderful because this is what I mean about inertia, right? If it becomes this like guaranteed sellout across the country, you know, then then the calls for more advertising disappear because it's 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 a self fulfilling prophecy. So it's it's great to see. Um, it really is. And and you know, credit to the credit to the Voyagers for really stepping up. Um, you know, because they th- this is new to them. I mean, th- not only is it new to them in terms of membership fees which now give people more of an onus to be disappointed when they don't get access to seats. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, in terms of, of, of going from, you know, basically having to give tickets away to having to turn paying members away, 
in the span of six months is craziness. So, so credit to them, credit to Ken Sock. I mean, just, just looking at the way that they're dealing with the, with, with the Commonwealth and, and Ticketmaster's requirements in order for group sales and that sort of thing. It's been a pretty good rollout. Uh, uh, you know, it's going to be really exciting. I'm, I'm super jealous that I'm not going to be there, but uh, I don't know if I'm ready for a plane ride at present. I don't think I can do it. Yeah, I don't know if I want to like super give them all the credit because I mean, the fact they didn't have like tickets ready to go the second Alfonso Davies scored that goal, like that, <laughs> that just shows how, like we've said, how much momentum there is around this team. Because like, sure, in normal in a normal marketing world, like if the, that's when you want those tickets on sale, and the fact that they like waited a couple weeks and like then announced it is like, yeah, I that, like, I, I don't think that was Cansock. I think that's Health Canada. The fact that we're Maybe, in an active yeah. pandemic, you know, they have to figure out. You know, Mike, mm-hmm. Mike, Mike just said, are they in a lockdown? And the three of us don't know, right? So, mm-hmm. it, you know, at the end of the day, I do, I do think that there's, uh, is Mike got a split? He looks. He said he. I don't know. No, I'm saying I think they are. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm remiss to to throw the blame entirely at the feet of Cansock. There's more than enough blame to go around with respect to why I still don't have an Alicia Chapman jersey in men's sizes. So I'll, I'll, I'll nail them for that one, uh, as opposed to you know, right, anybody. Mitch. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was gonna say, all right, Mitch, take us home. Yeah, yeah, I think we've, yeah, I think we've, uh, we've gotten to the end of the show a little disjointed again, like the team that we've been watching for the last couple <laughs> weeks. But I think we had some some bright moments of quality in here as well. We had a couple of Jacob oh, Schaffelberg, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at least uh, at least we got here. Um, um, maybe maybe your last maybe you're point. Your last question. Let's end on that. Should the Reds sit guys against Atlanta on Sunday? We I kinda, say no way. You you don't think they should with Pacific coming up? No. Oh, good point. Right. Fair point. No, it's only because I read the MLS newsletter and uh, and the Atlanta Homer that writes it thinks that Toronto is going to beat Atlanta. So I kind of want to make that or make that right. But no, you're right with Pacific coming up. Whatever is whatever. that game at BMO Field? No, it's, Pacific. It's at. Oh no, it's at. It's at, uh, yeah, it's yeah. at Atlanta. So I'm I'm of the mind you roll out the kids. I agree, but at the same time, like expect a five nothing game. Oh, for Against sure. The- yeah. But the Pacific I guess an Atlanta that team that, that's desperate yeah. to make get points to get in the postseason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. In seventh yeah. right now, just hanging yeah. on. So I guess that'd be kind of sweet because you'd be helping out or you know be helping out Atlanta, but you'd be hurting Montreal. If <laughs> <laughs> you roll out the kids, you know. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Kevin Silva as goalie slash striker, and let's go. Beautiful. Yeah, if, if there's any theme to this show, I think it's the fact that it's just how much damage TFC's done to Montreal, how much damage they still could be. You can play spoiler in more ways than one. And I yeah, think, uh, yeah. I think we'll maybe yeah. find that out if Toronto go to Atlanta and land. At least five anyway. nil. Yeah, yeah, and we still that, get to hear just can't get enough, which would be yeah, exactly. ridiculous. We'll find a player, but that would be, that would, oh my goodness, the amount of trolling that that would cause would be unbelievable. But uh, yeah, let's yeah. let's wrap it up here. Okay. Thank you to all of us this week for for bearing with us and all our technical difficulties and continuing to ask questions. We really appreciated that. Um, a big couple of weeks coming up, of course. We got the national team, we got the Canadian Championship, and then the off season. So as much as things feel like they're kind of in a lull right now, um, certainly they'll get more exciting in the in the next little bit. But on behalf of Michael Singh, Jeffrey Pinasker, have a good week, everyone. Cheers. <laughs>